Hey App Growth community, welcome back to the App Growth Show, where we host mobile experts to unlock valuable and actionable insights on how you can grow your app. No matter where you are in your app growth journey, we're here to help you reach your mobile growth goals. Let's dive into today's episode. Today we are so excited to be joined by Peter Gardis, the Vice President of Marketing at UXCAM. UXCAM is a cloud-based user experience solution that helps businesses optimize app functionality by recording and analyzing every user micro-interaction. By going deeper than vanity metrics like page views, app developers get access to insights they need to create an optimal user-centric app. Learn about UXCAM's capabilities, important KPIs to track, and why having a deeper understanding of your user behavior data will help you develop the successful product faster and ultimately get to revenue quicker. Hello, this is Jennifer Sansone from App Growth Network, and thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of our show. Today, we're really happy to have Peter from UXCAM joining us today. Hi, Peter. Hi, Jennifer. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, why don't we start off simple? Why don't you tell us about yourself and also tell a bit, tell us a bit about UXCAM. Oh yeah, I would love to, thank you. Yeah, so a bit about myself. Yeah, my name is Peter Gardas. I'm uh, the head of marketing here at UXCAM. Uh, my background is originally in finance and data analytics. I worked at IBM for, for five years in various uh, data analytics roles, but the last seven years I've been uh, in different marketing roles, uh, mostly focused on growth and, and analytics. And uh, yeah, I'm currently living in Berlin and working for UXCAM from Berlin in, in our Berlin um, uh, EMEA headquarter office, basically. So tell so us about UXCAM. What are you guys all about? How do you help app with app growth? Oh yeah, UXCAM. Uh, ooh, where should I start? So you know, let's let's start. You know, with the basics. So the company's um, roots basically go back to 2014. Uh, we started off as a mobile app session replay tool. So uh, our current CEO and one of our founders, you know, uh, way back then worked. Uh, in London as a UX researcher in a lab. And, uh, you know, he felt that uh, things were still done in a pretty manual way when it came to gathering user behavior data, uh, well, in the mobile app space, but of course, in general as well. And, and he, he got inspired, you know, by, by his experiences in this field, uh, uh, you know, to create something new to help uh, app experts to gather, you know, uh, uh, user behavior data and UX data from um, uh, from users in a more easier way, and that's how UXCAM was basically uh, born. And uh, yeah, since then we have come quite a long way. So today um, we are not just a session replay tool anymore, but we are. Uh, a mobile app analytics insights hub, uh, basically. So we combine uh, traditional uh, analytics methods that rely on aggregate data with um, uh, with deeper user behavior insights uh, uh, features like session replay uh, and heat maps. And this way, we um, uh, we really help our, our clients to uh, to grow their mobile apps, to build user centric products, which has always been one of our 
key missions, of course, but uh, you know, above all, to achieve their their business objectives with uh, with their app. And you know, uh, when it comes to, I mentioned both traditional analytics and and so to speak is uh, more qualitative, or some people refer to this as next gen, right? That you you kind of have the ability to see um, uh, through your user's lens. So on the quantitative front, what you can imagine here in UX Cam, you know, you will find um, the um, the usual metrics you would have in a tool like Firebase, for instance. So you can analyze your sessions, uh, you can analyze your users, uh, you can track custom conversion events and send them, you know, to UX Cam the same way you would do in a tool like like Firebase, for instance. But on top of that, there's a lot of extra cool stuff that you you know you can do in UX Cam and. Um, uh, I would say that this starts with um, um, the auto capture of uh, certain user signals. And uh, to give you an example, uh, we are um, automatically capturing frustration signals like uh, like rage tabs, which uh, you know really allow our uh, our customers to to see in real time when users are getting frustrated. So a rage tab is basically, you know, when I think. You have also experienced this when you have a mobile app. It's not working the way it's supposed to. You get frustrated, and then you suddenly start tapping on the screen <laughs> in a very in a in a, in a not. Hey, I've never answer. done that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like this is something that that our, our platform automatically captures and provides as a data point. But uh, but apart from this, there's there's several other things. So we also capture crashes, which is already a bit more of a serious problem if it if it's happening in your app. And of course, ideally, every app company wants to minimize this and bring it down to zero. But also bugs. So uh, bugs, you know, they, they can be you know they can come from different sources. They can have different forms. But an example is, for instance, when you have UI freezes, when the user interface is frozen in the app. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a crash. It can be frozen only for a couple of seconds, but it's also, uh, you know, very important to, to keep track of this and stay on top of these that they don't happen. So this is also among with these other signals being auto captured in UX Cam and provided, um, you know, to our clients in in the form of aggregate reports. So you can you can uh, you know create reports around them. Segment your users, see uh, what kind of users are experiencing this, on what device types it is happening on, which app version that you're running, which OS version. So everything that you know you basically track normally in your mobile app. And then on top of this, or the, the way we like to say it, that we offer an integrated user behavior analytics suite. So this is. What does this mean, right? So we do have session replay, as I mentioned before, which was how we started off. So um, yeah, so when you're in UX Cam, you can easily zoom in on different user segments and then replay sessions, watch uh, how users were interacting with your app and um, uh, and see how they how they use it, uh, you know, how they use the interface, and of course heat maps as well, uh, where it's a bit more of an aggregate. Uh, um, uh, data feature, but it's also very, very widely used by our customers. And the cool thing is that, you know, we are a mobile first tool. So of course our heat maps focus on uh, the different tabs that users can make the different interactions like swipes, for instance. So, uh, you know, you can see if they're swiping right, left, up or down, you can also easily filter the heat map, see where they tap first, which can also be very important, right? Are they really behaving with the, the tool? um the way they want 
Uh, and yeah, this is uh, basically, you know, um, uh, how UX can work. So we are really trying to bring the best of both worlds to our clients. So um, traditional, you know, what we call traditional analytics. So like five, six years ago, you're probably just looking at aggregate data. You would look at a report or just a funnel. You see that your metrics are changing, but if you're only doing this, you don't really understand why they are changing, right? So one of the most important things for us is to enable our users, our clients to be able to understand the why you know, behind a lot of these movements in, in, in metrics and, and, and KPIs. Because if you use a simple example, you could say that uh, having a tool like Google Analytics or Firebase is like having binoculars, right? You're looking at a group of people, you see from the distance what they're doing, but you're not sure, right? The only way for you to know what the complete picture is, is if you can listen, uh, you can hear them, you can learn more about them. And this is, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, what makes UX Camp cool is that we bring in all these uh, quality, qualitative and deeper user behavior insights uh, that you can gain from our platform. So you can pretty much get, you know, a complete picture uh, about what is happening in your mobile app. Yeah, that's, that's really fascinating, the whole idea of heat maps and everything um, with, with an app. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by that. So... Can you maybe give us an example of, you know, um, an action like a heat map or something and what that might signal to your client as to the types of fixes to make? Like, what is it, what is it showing me? Yeah, absolutely. So a heat map is something that you can have for technically any screen within your mobile app. So it really, you know, depends on. So, for instance, in a lot of scenarios, uh, our clients are using this to see, let's say you're trying to optimize, you know, your registration conversion rates, right? So uh, a lot of uh, app companies, you know, spend a great deal, a lot of money on, on, on advertising. So it's really important, of course, that you do capture that registration in your app. And it's, you know, it's easy and users, you know, complete the action you would want them to. And with a heat map, for instance, you can uh, in UX a typical use case, you know, you can look at people, for instance, uh, who did not finish a conversion sign up flow, and then you can dive in uh, into the heat map to see how they were interacting with it. So I would say heat map, you know, alone is, is not necessarily enough, but the typical use case is we also have customer like uh, journeys and user flows within UX cam and mm -hmm. normally to give you, you know, an example of that front, that's how normally you start. So, you know, you look at where users are dropping off, you identify, you know, where you see a bottleneck, what screen could be a problem. And then you can jump to, you know, let's say you have a screen for creating your password when you're signing up, right? And then you identify that a lot of people are dropping off there. Then, you know, at first heat map can give you some high level information, like what were they doing here? You know, were they tapping on the right things? Or maybe, you know, your, your button placements in, in, the, in the whole flow are confusing. So you can find, uh, you know, confusion points and, and bottlenecks. And then normally the flow is that you can take this to an either, even at more advanced level. And then once you've found some insights, let's say, again, to give you an example at people's first tap regularly in a Screen is happening with uh, with an item, you know, with an element in your app that's actually not interactive. 
um, you know, you can find this out that this is a problem and then you can filter further, you know, look at this group of users who got frustrated there or seem to be confused there and then you can go and go get into session replace right you've created a, an audience segment and then you can start looking at actually the full the full session and and what was happening with that user. That's really interesting because that seems to maybe take a lot of the guesswork out of it. Like, you know, they're dropping off, but it, like you said, it could be something as simple as, you know, the, the button was in the wrong place and they're, you know, hitting. Um, so that's interesting that a heat map would show you that they're pushing on a part of the screen that, you know, maybe isn't intuitive or. Um, so, yeah, that's, wow, that's really interesting. Um, and we, we kind of touched a little bit on, you know, KPIs and about um, traditional analytics and how, um, we talk a lot about um, KPIs, of course, as an app marketing agency. From your point of view, um, what are the most important KPIs that um, app marketers should be looking at? Ooh, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a very, very big question. Uh, I mean, normally, you know, the best, it's not a nice answer to say that it depends, right? But it does depend uh, on, on, on a few things. So firstly, of course, depends on what your objective is. Uh, what your company's objective is and also the marketing teams or, or the product teams. And the other thing that is important or what we see is what stage your business is at, right? So what we, what we see normally is that the two main groups, you know, just to generalize a little bit. So um, earlier stage and growth stage app companies are usually more focused on building up their user base, right? Uh, and their revenue engine, and because of uh, because of this conversion uh, um, uh, related metrics or KPIs are much more important from them. So you know, in this case, what we really see is like app downloads, for instance, being a really important metric and KPI, and this is um, important both for product and marketing teams, right? Because you're trying to build up a user base, especially in case of user acquisition. Um, uh, your main goal is to is to get these people to download your app. Then uh, we're also looking at visits and unique users. Of course, in general, that is you know a, a metric that is tracked by almost any team. Um, the number of new user signups and of course transactions and orders, which really pretty much depends on what kind of app you are. Are you an e-commerce app or uh, are you a financial services app if you're talking about transactions? And, you know, having talked about um, just maybe just mentioned financial services apps, we do work with quite a lot of them as well at UXCAM. And of course, you know, they have their own industry specific metrics as well, where um, like KYC is very important, right? Because in any financial services uh, uh, company, you need to get through the KYC, so the know your customer point. This often also includes personal verification these days, right? You don't need to go to personally to the bank anymore. Uh, and um, timing metrics, for instance, in this case are also very important. So like the time to KYC. Um, um, so normally, you know, they would not just be looking at the signups and the new registrations, but uh, the KYC completions as well. How long does it take them? Uh, how does this differ across different acquisition channels? Um, and of course, also the number of errors uh, that they get because with financial transactions, whether it's an investment app or a banking app, tracking issues and bugs is really important uh, for them, right? Because any leading, uh, leading app uh, uh, um, 
a banking app provider or, or any kind of financial apps goal is to minimize these. So it's also taking a very important role that they, they track the num amount of unsuccessful transactions or transactions that have returned an error. Yeah, for sure. So, so definitely it's identifying where it's happening and finding a solution, but then comes the solution part, right? So what is the right solution? And um, so another thing we talk a lot about is the AB testing, right? If, you don't know, you try, you obviously uh, make informed decisions, but the whole A-B testing process, uh, what, from, from your perspective, what is the role of A-B testing and how should one do it correctly so you're not, you know, spinning your wheel wheels or uh, wasting valuable time and resources? Yes, uh, you know, when it comes to A-B testing, of course, one thing um, is also, uh, you know, I would mention is what we have seen is that the line between product and marketing teams have also become a little bit more blurry and we see both of these teams you know um, um, doing a lot of experiments and, and owning uh, different experiments when when they run them and, and one thing you know just to mention quickly is that of course UXM is not an a b testing tool so we are not used for running the uh, uh, running the a b tests but uh, we are used to potentially validate an a b test or get you know, um, deeper insights about uh, uh, about what happened with an A-B test. Um, and normally the main challenge that we see around experimentation is um, confidence. So uh, basically for teams to have the confidence to, to be able to, to say that this experiment um, went well or, or we are confident in our conclusion, right, in that experiment. So to give you an example, or like, let's go a bit more specific and, and, and you know, look at a scenario. To give you an example uh, of an experiment, we've, uh, we've seen this uh, with, with one of our clients. Um, very often experiments are happening around the onboarding flow as well. Uh, and then you are trying to find ways to improve your conversions, right? So conversion rate optimization, very often the driver behind experimentation. Uh, and to give you, you know, this example what we're looking at here is we had a company who had a hypothesis that they've already formed where they believe that by reducing, you know, the number of screens that you have in the onboarding registration flow from five to three, we can increase the conversion rates by 20%. Now, it, I think in this case, it's not that important how they got to that hypothesis, but they had a hypothesis. And then what they have done is that they, you know, went forward, they rolled out. They A-B test with A version, they kept the original five, uh, five screens in the app and the B version was going for, for three screens, right? And, and, and they ran it, um, uh, of course, in a lot of A-B tests, everyone is really trying to achieve statistical significance. You know, in this case, we're looking at a higher volume app. So they did achieve that. And when they had the results, right? They, they got the results in the end, they looked at it. And what they saw was that uh, the, the B version, which was, reducing the number of screens and essentially was trying to make it easier for the user was actually uh, providing um, lower conversion rates, right? And, and you also did achieve st statistical significance. So what you would normally do if you just relied on aggregate metrics and aggregate data is you would conclude that, okay, this hypothesis was wrong. It looks like users prefer the five steps and you know, let's archive this project, move on. To the next one, but if you have a tool like uh, UX Cam, and let's assume that you do, and, and you know you take a look, um, um, what what you can find is um, 
in this example, you know, uh, the company found that most of the drop-offs were happening at the password creation uh, step, uh, right? So they looked at that, okay, we see a lot of people are dropping off, but we are not exactly sure why. And then they've taken, you know, again, a step forward, they created an audience from these people who were on the B version, who were dropping off there, and they, you know, looked into it a little bit more. And, and what they found was that, um, in the B version, you know, when they were creating the password, there's a little message that comes up and tells you that you're supposed to use special characters. And that was not showing up, right? Uh, they were not seeing, they were getting frustrated. I don't know, I don't want told me I have to use special characters, right? So you try your usual password from somewhere else, doesn't work, bam, you just lost a user right there, right? In a matter of a few seconds. And you would not see this by just comparing, you know, your your, you know, your data or your report when you look at A and B. And then the other thing that they also found is that some users were using dark mode, right? So a lot of people who use dark mode in their mobile app browser or even in, in your desktop browser in Chrome or, or whatever browser you're using, you're often with the dark mode. And um, uh, the team who set up the B version also forgot to, uh, to add this optimization for the dark modes uh, uh, on that screen, right? And then some of these people did not even see um, uh, the field headers. So like, you know, you're putting the password about putting your email. So you're not even sure like which field is which. You get confused, right? That's when your rage tab suddenly starts uh, going over the roof. Um, and, you know, like in, in this case, they found out that there were issues with, with the setup. And, you know, when you, this can often happen when, especially when you're a bigger company, when you're running multiple experiments at the same time, people who are setting this up also on the engineering side, it can, unfortunately, it can happen. Um, and, uh, you know, like the, the, uh, the conclusion of the story is that um, I don't think after having access to these, you know, more deeper behavioral insights, you would not conclude, right? That B, the B version did not work. I don't think so. Like your main conclusion is that you probably have to run the test again. And if, and, and, let's say you run it again, and then you find that the, the simplified version does work much better, you could be making a lot of uh, extra dollars right in the future. And, and, and if you ignore this, then it's probably a, quite a big loss over a longer period of time. That, that is really interesting because you're right. On a surface level, it's just, oh, okay, our, we were wrong and it, it's not that, but it that wasn't the issue at all. It was something much you know, much deeper that you wouldn't know just from looking at the numbers. So um, that's fascinating. That's a really um, interesting example that you gave us and how you can see um, that sometimes the A-B test does not tell the whole story if you're not really digging into, again, very those, those minute details. So what's, what's coming next for you, XCAM? Oh, yes, there's a lot of cool things that are coming. And, um, you know, I, I would say that one of our main uh, goals or our main goal is really to, uh, to, to build, you know, sort of say an insights hub uh, where we allow different members of a mobile team, whether it's a product uh, managers, marketers, engineers to easily collaborate um, and also to, um, to empower everyone on the mobile team, you know, with the right insights, uh, without the need of previous experience with data and analytics, right? Because uh, we've done, of course, a lot of, we've had a lot of conversations with our customers, we've done a lot of research, and 
normally, especially in bigger companies, what you see is um, every data request, so to speak, you know, goes through the usual process. You create a card in Jira or whatever you use, you wait for the data team to come back to you and create a dashboard in a BI tool like Tableau or Data Studio or anything, whatever your, your organization is using. And, you know, uh, to tie this in with our previous uh, examples, right, when you are working in a sprint environment, in an agile environment, you need to be quick, you need insights for decision making very quickly. You often don't have the time to wait one or two weeks because, you know, maybe you get your dashboard in two weeks time uh, and then your question is already obsolete, right, your, your, your product team or squad is moving on. So, you know, like what, what we are really building towards is, is, uh, is to really enable uh, um, everyone on the mobile team and, uh, and allow them to really easily, you know, when I say collaborate, I mean easily tag each other on sessions, share uh, reports very easily, build dashboards easily. So to give you an example of, I can't reveal too much, right, about, uh, about uh, new features, but there's one really exciting new feature that, you know, we're all very excited about that's coming, which is about building dashboards. So, you know, it's a dashboard feature, which is going to allow our, uh, our users and our clients to, to build uh, a chart widgets and an entire dashboards in the drag and drop interface. Um, and then, and, and it's really, it's really optimized and tailored uh, so that it's like really easy to put that, put these uh, dashboards together, easy to change. Uh, so, you know, so to speak, uh, um, uh, allowing um, uh, the mobile team members, especially uh, squad leaders to, to adapt these for every sprint super easily, discard the ones that you don't need anymore without any support or instrumentation from a data person or, or an engineer, uh, basically. Wow, that's, that's really great. Because if there's one thing, at least if you talk to someone like me, data can be scary. <laughs> you know, it can be intimidating to a lot of people who don't have you know, that, that expert uh, background or knowledge. So to make it so accessible, it seems like that would be extremely valuable to the marketing teams to be able to, like you said, move quickly and make decisions. So yeah, that, that sounds really exciting. Um, I uh, want to thank you so much for all of this great information you've given us, but kind of as we're wrapping things up, uh, as we mentioned, you know, a lot of our listeners are appreneurs or they're, you know, just starting on their app journey. Um, you have a lot of experience in this space. So if you had to give some parting words of advice for someone, um, you know, looking to take their app to the next level, what would be some of your key pieces of advice of, of um, how to, to offer that user experience that's really going really gonna to take their app there? Yeah, I would say, you know, the first thing um, is, um, I would say first, the first very important thing I would give as an advice is to make sure that there's no walls that, build up in your team between departments, right? As someone coming, living in Berlin, which has a history of, of walls, right? Um, uh, you know, to use the Berlin wall, for instance, was built up overnight and suddenly the next day you barely noticed and you couldn't go from one part of the city to the other. And the same way silos can, can you know, be created in an organization or in a business overnight. So I think it's very important to to you know not allow that to happen and to really build up teams that um, are optimizing for kpis that are important for everyone so basically you know what we've seen um, over the past years is um, very often 
uh, when these silos develop, you see people optimizing for their own little metrics and KPIs. So you have marketing island and then you have product island. And then you ask these people and, and, and you see a lot of them not knowing how their, what, what their team is, the metric that their team is optimizing for impacts the core business KPI, right? That, or the North Star uh, that the company wants to go for. So I think it's very important to, to avoid that, to set metrics for the team that can be shared. And, and you know, that way really to kind of foster this collaboration between the team to ensure that they're all headed the, the same direction. And uh, yeah, the second one I would say is um, empowering everybody with, with insights, right? Because the uh, data does not equal insights, right? So today we see that a lot of uh, mobile teams, they, they, they just have a lot of tools and, and too many tools at the same time. Sometimes the data is scattered uh, across a lot of places. So it's, I, I, we believe at uh, UX Cam, and I also believe that um, it's very important that you have a platform or a tool where you can uh, easily get access to data and insights across the different teams and very easily share the key insights as well, right? Without creating too much friction. So having these advanced collaboration features and having a tool that allows that, uh, I think is, is, is really important. And, um, and lastly, thirdly, I think uh, having, uh, uh, you know, focusing on building a user-centric app, I think is, is in 2022, you know, I think is really the most important. And um, there are different ways of doing that, of course, but uh, like one thing that I can mention is, um, again, incorporating, you know, user-centric metrics and, and, and KPIs into your uh, uh, core metrics that you're optimizing for is, is really, really important. Peter, thank you. This uh, that's great, some great advice. And uh, again, we appreciate your time to speak to us and um, share your, your expertise with us. So thank you again so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Jennifer. This was uh, really fun and it was a pleasure talking to you. I'm so glad. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, hopefully, for, for a follow-up session. Yeah, that sounds great. I would love to, I would love to return. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, we'll be in touch maybe um, at, um, with the next generation of UX Cam and we'll, we'll, we'll keep the conversation going. Perfect. Thank you very much. Looking okay. forward. Bye, Peter. Bye, Jennifer. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the App Grow Show. We hope you were able to take away some actionable insights on how having access to user data at this level can help you develop a user-centered product and make a positive impact on your growth journey. If you found today's episode to be helpful, please visit appgrowthnetwork.com and book your free call with us today to supercharge your mobile growth. See you in the next episode. Bye for now.